You're listening to Emergent, backed by Crestbridge. We aim to provide a community and platform to support, inform and connect the next generation of fund managers. In today's episode, our host, Alex DeSanto, Group Head of Private Equity at Crestbridge, is joined by Daniel Greenaway, a partner at K&R Gates. They explore the outlook for emerging managers both now and in the future landscape. Thanks for joining us today, Daniel. I'm with Daniel Greenway of KL Gates at the the Lucky Cat, and we're hosting a dinner with some emerging fund managers this evening and here to talk about trends in emerging funds. So maybe to start with, Daniel, if we cast our minds back to 2020, 2021, a lot was made of the the challenges facing emerging managers when COVID materialised. Um, first time fundraising was difficult, it was hard for LPs to see GPs and there was uh, plenty of economic uncertainty. Um, so as a result we saw investors consolidate their allocations with well-known relationships and existing managers through 2020-21. Um, given we're now in the third year of Covid and the p- pandemic's slightly subsided and we're returning to some normality, what, what are you now seeing in terms of fundraising? Are you seeing things improve and first-time funds get off the ground? What, what are you seeing in the market? So I, th- I think um, I agree that the, the challenge during COVID was, um, it was, I think it was very difficult to meet new, in- well, it was difficult to meet new investors. Um, there was no conferences, um, difficult to network. And I, I think the funds that we both closed generally were funds where LPs already, you know, there were obviously lots of fundraised, lots of closed funds, um, and some new, some new, new funds as well. But those were all where the manager had already um, engaged with the LP before yep. COVID. So um, I think, you know, n- naturally now, after a few conferences and a few, you know, great events like this, um, we'll probably, you know, I, I think, I think now, you know, relationships are, are back on. Um, and uh, definitely there's I mean there's some opportunities in the market at the moment uh, on the GP side clearly Um, I think you know on the LP side um, obviously there's 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 challenges and no one quite knows how things are going to pan out I think you know institutions they've always got programs and and you know they're in in times of slight uncertainty they're they're tending to go with the um, you know the existing relationships Um, but I think some of them still see opportunities with with new managers. Um, family offices is probably slightly more challenging. Um, certainly, talking to colleagues of mine in in uh, on the continent, um, um, they're also finding that um, you know family offices on the continent are, are also a little bit nervous about. Um, maybe they're nearer to Ukraine, but they're they're a little mm. bit more nervous about that. We've got our own issues with inflation here um and but i i suppose the other side you know that we've always had the public programs which have which have um uh which have put money particularly into vc and those those continue um so i think i think um i think gps you know gps are seeing opportunities there's you know there's um sustainability focused funds coming through there's new sectors coming through um, there's challenges in retail, but there's also some opportunities here and there. Um, you're not just on the equity side, but on the credit side, real assets. So th- there are always things, even in a slight, you know, economic, uh, you know, uncertain conditions. There's always there's always new things coming through, um, and even with 
you know mid-market mainstream PE I mean you know there's 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 things happening there's there's new managers that are spinning out so I, I think there's I think there's um there's lots going on um not necessarily yet closed but there's lots there's lots um there's lots of new um strategies coming through certainly Great. Yeah, so I would agree with that, Daniel. I think in terms of what we see um, historically, there's been plenty of first-time funds raised in the venture capital space. But more recently, I think we're seeing an increase in big-name buyout managers or employees of big-name big name buyout managers, infra managers, real asset managers, debt managers spin out and set up on their own. So that's definitely a trend we're seeing. And with that, Obviously, there's individuals that are qualified, very experienced, very expert investment execs doing this, but they don't necessarily have the the knowledge in how to set up a fund and how to run a fund operationally. So I think we're definitely seeing those type of managers spin out and do it for themselves. And I think that's where the likes of Kale Gates and Crestbridge could, could add true value in terms of supporting them through that process. So interesting that you're you're seeing that as well. The other thing I wanted to pick your brain on is the the deal by deal um, structure. So we're seeing an increase in deal by deal structures being raised. So handful of investors focused on um, some very specific assets that the the manager, um, the individual running the business, knows very well in his specific sector. Um, but on top of that, we're seeing those type of managers. Um, establish those single asset structures over a longer period of time before moving into the blind pool um, is that something you're seeing and if so what type of structures and domiciles are you seeing um, being used for those structures so yeah I mean that's that's um, definitely a trend in the last you know three to five years that it's it seems to be a lot easier to get those away it was always you know before then it was always spoken about some managers did manage to do that you know some bigger names did manage to do that as well um i think maybe it's just the sophistication partly the sophistication of lps where um you know the european lps particularly family offices are getting more sophisticated now um i mean my colleagues in the us uh, you know they've done this kind of deal by deal structure for for years and years and the family offices there clearly some of them can put you know serious capital to work um, and that's maybe the slight challenge here is the ticket size. Um, but I think also, you know, the family offices um, are now, kind of, there's a lot of institutions now that are, you know, formerly were only doing, um, you know, LP, that were purely LPs into di discretionary funds and, and are now looking for not just co-investment opportunities, but now they're looking for opportunities on, on deals. And they've got, um, you know, a lot of them have got, you know, very good, you know fantastic teams to to look at deals themselves so that's why i think that's why it's become a bit easier i think um mm. there's always been the 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 um um you know the desire from gps to do that and for emerging managers to do that but i think it's becoming easier now because of because of the lps um who are seeing particularly who are seeing gps come along with slightly different a different angle maybe different angle on strategy and also um sometimes with um you know a good a good network um you know getting getting um um getting deals that are, are not through auction um proprietary deals um and that's probably why that's happening now um and certainly um yeah certainly it's more it's more common than it than it was yeah 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 no, very interesting 
maybe turning to one of my favorite topics, fun domiciles. Um, so I know that we've um, spent a lot of time working across various domiciles and Kale Gates is obviously a global law firm. But thinking specifically about Europe and first time managers, emerging managers, deal by deal managers, are you seeing any trends in the domicile that they're using to establish their structures? What 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 are the view, your view on the advantages and disadvantages of certain domiciles? Is there any, any particular domicile you think works best for those those startups ultimately? So on the on the domicile, um, I mean it, it it's always it's always a discussion quite quite early on, um, and you know g- generally speaking. I mean, it does depend on where the investors are raising money from. If they're raising yeah. money from, um, you know, pan-European investors or, you know, public programs, for example. So it does depend on that. Um, but most of the funds we're working on, particularly in the P space, are, are not are not raising from across lots of jurisdictions. Yeah. Um, they've got a few relationships that, that with LPs in particular jurisdictions. So, I mean, Jersey Jersey has always been a good option for that. Um, you know, you can get away, you can get a fund away very quickly, um, and it's a kind of tried and tested route. Um, you know, obviously Luxembourg for um, for managers who um, you know raising their next fund and looking to market on a pan-European basis, then you know that that works but obviously luxembourg has you know that it, it takes a lot longer to get a fund away as as probably uh, a lot of people know it takes a lot longer to get a fund away uh, with luxembourg so i think um i think the preference usually is to use a a jersey a jersey fund which is which is a bit more nimble obviously you've got the uk fund um as as well as an option an english limited partnership um but that has its own challenges because, um, you know, you need an FCA authorized um, manager to uh, operate and manage it. Um, so there are there are ways to do that, but it's it's um, just a little bit more. It usually takes a bit longer to get that up and running, um, regardless of what what um, what structure you've got in place for an, for an English limited partnership. So great, no thanks for that, Daniel. So turning back to those deal by deal structures, what type of legal form do you see being used for those structures, and how how are those those type of um, deal by deal structures structured in in the legal world? Um, so you know, regardless of which jurisdiction, um, you know, you, you, you've got you've got a limited partnership which is obviously very suitable for private equity style investments. Um, it's it's a structure that that lps are used to which is obviously key um although some some family offices aren't that familiar with it so that that has its own challenges um i think you know with with very early stage vc um you know we with with discretionary funds um you know the limited partnership structure works but when you're when they're when they're investing in very small deals um and you know they've got a they've got a wide network of investors then you know something like angel list is probably a pretty good route for them um you know does it work for um pe managers almost invariably no because the sophistication of the lps means that the lps always want something bespoke they'll always want um particular control rights or particular economics 
Um, and I think actually that's that's one of the challenges with the deal by deal structures is it, it's it's nice to be able to get get it away very quickly, but actually when it comes down to it, investors are because they're investing in a new manager. Um, often they have much they look at the structure and and the and the terms much more they're much yeah. more focused on on governance and downside protection so you kind of you kind of sometimes think or or a gp sometimes think thinks that it would be quite easy to get to get one of those structures away um but it sometimes takes quite a lot of work so i mean obviously the challenges with deal by stri- deal structures always has been you're trying to line up a deal and also um and also line up investors and the investor documents at the same time, the fund documents. Um, so that's always been the challenge with it. Um, and for a GP that um, hasn't got a lot of resource, um, you know, they've got their they've got their investment person or teams looking at deals, and they're also having to look at to speak to their LP base and trying to get the LPs on board. So that's always that's always tricky. Um, and as I say, to, to not have a to have a bespoke structure that makes it a little bit more difficult. But that's what we've managed to do. I mean, we've done, managed to do that a lot is get those kind of structures away. Um, I think I think the um, you know what I'd what I'd recommend to managers is you you have to do all that planning quite early because it normally happens that you you want to press you know you want to press the button quite with not much time left yeah. as in as in for the underlying transaction you'll have like a four week lead time for example four to six week lead time um after which the target starts getting a little bit nervous um so y- you kind of always have to have it's worth doing as much as you can at the outset to get the structure involved to to get the structure finalized so that um, you know, when it comes to it, then it's kind of a, quite a quick process with with the LP. Yeah, and I guess the benefit that were the the benefit of the deal by deal structure is if the if the deal doesn't happen, you've still got the structure there that could be used for future deals. It's not like you've spent lots of money and and the whole thing's wiped out. It's the the structure is still there intact and could be potentially redeployed for an, for another asset. Yeah, I think I think I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. So even even if even if the initial deal doesn't go through. Um, it's still worth having that having that in place, um, and it's always a question of how far how far do you do you go? I mean, we're normally quite flexible, and we'll help with you know we'll help with a structure, and we'll help you know with a high level term sheet, just so that the GP can start engaging with LPs properly. Yeah, um, because I think if they don't, if they leave that till the last minute um, on the term sheet as well, then you kind of you know that that puts the underlying transaction at risk which clearly is is um you know is a is a big problem as yeah. if you've got a great deal and lps are in and then you lose the transaction because you've taken so long negotiating with the lp um yeah. that's pretty frustrating yeah yeah i can imagine in terms of you mentioned the lps a few times in terms of the lps coming into either deal by deal structures or first time funds are there any LPs that that will just stay clear that won't go into those type of fund, or is it, does it really depend on the 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 strategy, the manager, the individuals, and the team behind it? How how does that work? Um, I mean, it's interesting. I I, I we do, we do a, a fair amount of LP work as well, mm. and 
some of which is for institutions and institutions you know particularly in the uk but but anywhere there's a lot of institutions that won't do mm. um first emerging managers uh and won't do deal by deal but there's kind of it kind of so- sometimes surprises me that people make an exception um you know if they've got a particular you know even a even a uk pension fund with that's being advised by a consultant who's got a very clear you know very strict strategy that they'll invest in you know they'll 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 have some they'll have a little pot that's um that they're flexible with and you know they can twist the twist the advisor's arm and 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 get that over the line so i i it always surprises me that there's there's um you know there's there's often the institutions you think won't do anything yeah uh, but if they see something that's um it's all message for them then um you know it's always it's always possible having said that is it worth talking to um you know the full set of you know uk institutions on a deal by deal structure or on a, for an emerging manager you know quick query how many will actually end up investing yeah 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 i guess for some of these um these investors it's about relationships isn't it and tr- trusting a team you may have worked with in the past or an individual from a business you may work with in the past but we see lots of investors talk about the outperformance of some of these first-time funds over the past few years and how they've outperformed some some larger funds and i think that attracts some investors um so i think there's we we see that coupled with the fact that some of these first-time funds have a very niche strategy that is of, of interest to an institutional investor where they wouldn't normally deploy money. So I don't know, you mentioned strategies before and sustainability and sustainable funds. Is that something you're seeing? I think when we, when COVID kicked off, we saw an increase in, or a focus, an increased focus on healthcare technology and a consolidation in those areas. But we also saw some subsectors of those strategies and asset classes kick kick off such as uh, technology around supply chain and, and logistics so are there any new things that you've seen come out in terms of strategy and investment focus from first-time funds or these deal by deal managers um yeah yeah 100 percent. i mean there, there's there's strategies that are that wouldn't have existed before um that wouldn't have got away before and are now kind of on the top of the pile so so absolutely you know across mainstream PE but also in in real assets um I think um you know and 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 that's particularly when mainstream PE is probably slightly behind yeah um so so these kind of strategies really really are able to market to LPs um and 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 the mainstream PE you know a, a lot are behind behind the curve um you know query whether whether that gap will um will reduce in in time um but yeah there's 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 lots there's lots going on um and and obviously because because these are new strategies they tend to come from from people who are have spun out so new teams yeah um rather than from existing institutions although there are some i suppose the other the other side of it is there are you know we talk about emerging managers and spin outs but there are you know there are a fair number of strategies that we see obviously that come out of existing houses that kind of you know are doing new strategies so that's another interesting 
area yeah no yeah so as in diversification of their of an of a well-established manager into a new domicile or a new a new field so buy out into venture or real estate into into debt yeah so we, we're seeing it that increasingly and some of these large institutional managers becoming more like blackstone more global and more diversified than ever before so i think when you're moving from being buyout focused into buyout infra debt whatever it may be you're obviously building expertise in-house buying expertise in um, but I think having trusted advisors service providers that can support you as you move into a new asset class that you may not be familiar with or a new domicile where where you may not be familiar is kind of invaluable I think so again it's about those relationships and having strong relationships with people in the industry that you have trusted over a long period of time I guess yeah yeah absolutely and then going back to my first question so it sounds like your view is emerging managers are still doing well we're not we're not kind of in the position we were in 2020 when things did pause there's still activity on the deal by deal side on the on the blind pool side what do you where do you see things going over the next two to three years do you do you think that emerging managers will continue to succeed or do you think there'll be a continued consolidation with big names um, and an increasing uh, focus on big funds and big pools of capital with with fewer names so i i, th- I think it's i think it's um as very often it is i think it's very much lp driven yeah. so so i think i think that there's there's more and more lps around that are willing to back not not just funds but the gps as well and and I think there's in, there, there's more and more funds as well that yeah. are looking at look fund of funds who are looking at those kind of opportunities. Um, so actually, although the obviously the market is quite um, um, uncertain at the moment um, over that kind of period, I think I think that um, I think there there will be capital and there is now capital going in that direction. So I think that's probably gonna gonna continue yeah yeah and is there anything from your side from a regulatory legal tax perspective that worries you about the future of the the private equity industry or i think the industry's been there for a long time it's done very well over the years we've we've kind of ridden ridden the wave so to speak so is is there anything that worries you at the moment anything that concerns you on the horizon or uh not not really i mean i mean i i think i think on you know there's there's always there are always regulations coming through that affect fundraising in some ways whether it's on the structure side or or marketing um but i think for example the the recent um qualifying asset holding company regime in the uk that's that's probably really helpful for credit funds that that i think is a really helpful um addition to the toolbox um so I think yeah I think it I think it's um I think it works in 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 both ways there's there's always increasing you know regulatory challenges um but um you know hopefully that you know that kind of regime will also open up some some opportunities where you can get credit funds away a little bit um a little bit more easily actually um and and lower cost yeah. than using you know complicated luxembourg structures um so that's i think that that's that's the interesting angle that you know the the 
um, kind of the industry needs to make sure that these em emerging managers can come through and there's there's regimes in place that allow them to come through as well and structures in place yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to allow them to get you know small slightly smaller funds away you know you know whether it's 50 million 100 million funds away yeah and I think we can all help with that I guess the reason we're here tonight is to kind of meet some business partners some emerging managers spend time with them share ideas share thoughts about um the future of private equity the trends in private equity share ideas around the, how we overcome challenges in setting up a fund and running a fund so it's yeah looking forward to dinner tonight and hopefully we have some very interesting discussions but i think for me it's kind of managers will always succeed because generally they're very driven individuals um, with with a good track record i think where we come in as service providers whether it's lawyers bankers fund administrators is supporting the the managers through the formation the ongoing running and the termination of the fund over what is a very long period and building those relationships of trust for a long time um so yeah it's, it's an exciting position to be given the the volume of activity we're seeing in in funds worldwide but specifically it, it, where we are in europe at the moment so it's exciting yeah absolutely absolutely and, and also i suppose with with those kind of managers there's there's a different uh, as as um as you know to be able to help them and and as advisors i suppose there's a slightly different dynamic because you know you and i very often are talking to the investment yeah. partners and the founders for emerging managers who have you know almost always you know incredible track record but haven't had to run a fund before um so suddenly you know we're suddenly having to um you know teach them the the structures and 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 how and how it operates because they've had they've always had teams behind them to help them on that so you know it's it's fantastic when you know you and I are dealing with CROs as well who um who are asking us questions about structures but it's also quite nice to be talking to um, the founders who um, you know who are very much concentrating on doing the deals but need our help on the fundraising side in particular yeah and that's why I agree Daniel I think it's very different supporting a large institutional manager that has their own in-house CSG finance operations team doing a lot of the work um, for them versus supporting a first-time or emerging manager that's one or two individuals without the team behind them. So I think for those those type of uh, emerging managers, we can add real value and really support them through the process. And I guess that discussion brings me on to my final question. If you had one piece of advice um, given to an individual looking to set up a fund for the first time, what, what would that be? Difficult question to ask, I guess, but... Yeah, I, I suppose to be um, to be prepared behind the scenes, so um, not to over prepare. Um, so you know the deck will, the strategy will obviously lead, um, and LPs will be interested in the strategy. That they'll want to know that you know you, the the GP's given some thought to structure, um, but ultimately the structure, you know, as a GP raising first time fund, you need to be flexible and and often. You know, let the GPs uh, let the LPs dictate. Um, um, you know, or you know, nudge nudge on what the structure, on the structure that they'd like. Um, so I, I suppose um, I suppose be yeah be, be be up to speed on the structure and the kind of questions that LPs might ask on structure, um, but not to I, I mean I, 
not not to not to over engineer it um and 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 not not to necessarily come come along with a f kind of finalized structure uh, yet brilliant thanks daniel that's been really uh, really in in interesting and insightful thank you thank you for having me look forward to the dinner You've been listening to Emergent, backed by Crestbridge. Our community focuses on supporting private capital executives raising a first or second institutional fund, spinning out, diversifying away from their core strategy or whose businesses are minority or female-owned. Being a part of Emergent gives you access to experts, peers and senior executives to help you build your profile. To join Emergent or find out more episodes of our podcast, go to our website, emergentinsight.org. For more information on how Christbridge supports first-time managers and emerging managers with operational excellence, to ensure that they are in the best possible position to meet challenges head-on, visit our website, Christbridge.com.